who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I'll use my background in journalism to dive into topics that matter to women today, from divorce to call-out culture to masculinity to girls' confidence. Season two of Thread the Needle finds the meeting place between feminist ideals and the realities of women's lives. Listen to Thread the Needle wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, loyal listeners. Thanks so much for being here. Welcome back to Fear. Hey, if you're a fan of Jordan Peele, and if you don't know who that is, what are you doing here? This next show is really going to creep you out and get under your skin in more ways than one. <laughs> Spider King is the story of Darnell, an incarcerated black man who makes a dangerous bargain to earn his freedom. But when Darnell agrees to an experimental procedure, he has no idea of the horrific consequences he'll face once he's released. Mutant spiders begin to grow beneath the surface of his skin, and they want their freedom too. This ain't your mommy, Spider-Man. Terrified by his body's transformation and determined to keep it a secret, Darnell struggles to control the spiders escaping his flesh. But when his daughter becomes exposed to the truth, Darnell will have to choose between letting the monsters win or becoming one himself to keep his family safe. Oh my God! The writers on this show, huh? Oh my gosh, you're gonna love this. Okay, okay. This may be Fear's scariest story yet, I have to tell you. I get goosebumps. If you have a taste for body horror, it's a safe bet you're gonna get scared. You're gonna love this one. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it with friends. You can listen ad-free by joining Realm Unlimited or Realm Plus on Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, 
Pun Bandu, and this is Spider King, written by Justin Key and starring my friend, William Demerit. A lone spider crawled free along the heavy steel desk, pausing to taste the curious jailhouse air with its pedipalps. Inmate number 8367 wondered how it had ended up in this hellhole. The damn thing would probably make it out before him. The sharp click of a deadbolt drew the inmate's attention. The security door slid open. The guards ushered in a tall man in a neat but loose-fitting suit. Darnell Lee, the visitor said without looking up from his tablet. He sipped loud ice water from a clear plastic cup as he sat across the table, just out of spitting distance. That's me. I'm Darnell. Possession of an unlicensed firearm, violation of parole, resisting arrest, and drug possession with intent to sell. The man finished his drink and rolled the cup between his fingers. They have enough to put you under the jail. You didn't take the plea deal. Why? I got a daughter. I can't sit and rot upstate while she's without her daddy. The man looked up at the prisoner for the first time. How is that working out for you? Inmate number 8367 didn't need to be reminded how long he had been here, how many birthdays and milestones he'd missed. He focused on the carefree spider, slowed his breathing, and shifted his body as much as his chains would allow. Calm was better. Calm meant not being declared incompetent to stand trial. Look, I know what I did, and I know what I didn't do. I'm not suicidal. I'm not hearing voices or seeing shit. I just freaked out. I... The visitor dropped his empty cup top down over the spider. It scurried in a panic from plastic wall to plastic wall. Inmate number 8367's heart beat faster. Got him, the visitor said. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm here to give you a way out. Another plea deal? I'm no, you're no snitch, I know. I'm offering all charges dropped and you go home today. He tapped the tablet. I already have the signature from the judge. I'm listening. The dealmaker's smile spread as he pulled a clear capped syringe from his breast pocket and laid it on the table between them. The label read, Freedom Rings. We need volunteers. If this new medication helps convicts like yourself deal with the anxiety of returning to society successfully, everybody wins. I'll do it, inmate number 8367 said. If it gets me out of here today, I'm in. The dealmaker considered him a moment and then signaled one of the guards over. As the injection passed hands, inmate number 8367 thought he saw something shift inside the vial, as eager to get out as he was. I think you'll do great, the man with the unsettling grin said. I really do. Darnell walked past that same holding room some hours later with a sore shoulder and freed wrists. He didn't think to look back. If he had... He would have seen the cup was still there, forgotten. It's lone prisoner scratching at the walls.
The burning itch of something foreign burrowing under Darnell's wrist came in the middle of his first job interview after being released from jail. He shifted in the undersized suit he'd bought from the thrift store the day before. The experimental medication had done little for his anxiety. This new sensation didn't help. Joy Butler, the general manager of Delaney Street Restaurant, sat on the other side of the old, chipped wooden desk and asked him a basic question that sounded lifted from the same website Darnell had used to prepare. Darnell had read that taking long, introspective pauses makes an applicant seem more thoughtful, trustworthy, and dependable. So he used the opportunity to look down at his wrist, where he'd been absentmindedly picking at a scab, a piece of too thick skin hung loose. The edges of the mottled flesh underneath quivered. The itch deepened. Daryl? Darnell, he said, looking up. He smiled, off cue. Right, sorry, Darnell. I'd asked what would you do. I would first listen to the customer, see their perspective, and attempt to come up with a solution. If I'm unable to de-escalate the situation, I would find the manager, you, or another senior member of staff. Shit, too verbatim. Joy sat back, considering him. Darnell considered himself too, but in a different way. The tip of his index finger rubbed his wrist. There was an obvious divot now, around it, numb, cold. He pressed into it. Something pressed back. How long have you been out? Joy said. Three days. You move fast. That show is motivation. You heard about how we work here. Yes, he said. I've heard a lot. Giving opportunities to people no one else will. Shit's dope. Heat filled his ears. I mean, she smiled, and for the first time, Darnell relaxed. You can be yourself. The customers come to see what you can become, not to feel like they're visiting a prison. She leaned in. Darnell resisted the strong urge to pull his arm to safe hiding. Everyone here knows what it's like to be locked up, from the bottom up. Even you? Especially me. But you're a... She threw her head back in a laugh. <laughs> women can crime too, you know. They have whole prisons full of them. Call them women's prisons. Went away because I killed my husband. Oh, Darnell said. He looked back down at his wrist. Mistake. The skin moved. I'm just fucking with you. Drug charge. Her smile withered. You doing okay? I am. You clean? There was no judgment in the question. She understood what it meant not to be. He saw it in the thin skin beneath her eyes, the slight coat of grime on her teeth, even the frequency with which she shifted positions a sign of her subconscious continuing to rebel against society. I am. I got a second chance. I'm not messing with that. I'm just... nervous. Don't be. You can start Monday. Darnell forgot about his wrist. Had he just heard her correctly? Delaney, with its full benefits, decent salary, and flexibility for parole and court dates, was at the top of a long list of potential jobs, a list Darnell had planned to venture far down... I'll take that look as an acceptance. Hell yes. Sorry. Yes. Any way I can start earlier? She waved her hand. I'll pay you through the weekend. Get whatever you need in order. I'd rather you rested and clear-headed. You got clothes? I'll be ready, ma'am. 
don't call me ma'am. Boss lady? She smiled, which was a relief. Sure. When they were done with the paperwork, he asked her to show him to the bathroom. Darnell waited long enough for her heel clicks to disappear down the hall before slowly turning the lock. You got a job, you son of a bitch, he said into the mirror. At some point during his interview, he'd broken into a sweat. Joy likely still withheld judgment on Darnell's sobriety, and this look wasn't helping. But he was clean, always had been, and he now had ample opportunity to combat any initial suspicions. And then he felt it. The pressure. Darnell inspected his wrist over the sink. The dried and curling flap of skin tittered. It reminded him of some unseen creature rummaging through an overturned garbage bin. For the moments before it revealed itself as a possum or a cat, it could be anything the imagination cared to conjure. Darnell pinched the dead skin and pulled. It came off without pain. He'd uncovered what looked like a black and brown mole with rough, scalloped borders. Then, movement. Thistled lines bled from the center, erratic in their dance. Antennae? No, too many of them. Legs? They tasted the air. Darnell clamped his hand over his wrist and pressed it down onto the damp sink. Fuck, he said repeatedly. Fuck! His skin fuck, tightened fuck, with each fuck, utterance of the word. Fuck, fuck, What fuck, was that? Fuck. A parasite? That fucking jail? He took a deep breath and lifted his hand. A small bundle of legs sprang out of his skin. Darnell flung his arm hard enough to send a bolt of pain from shoulder to elbow. A black and brown dot scurried across the bathroom floor into one of the stalls. What the hell? But Darnell knew the what if not the why or the how. A spider had just popped itself out of his goddamned wrist. He gave some attention to the divot left behind in his skin. Dry, hard, and many shades darker than the healthy brown surrounding it. Beneath the stall door, a tiny pair of eyes caught and reflected the wan light. He vaguely remembered that spiders had many indistinguishable eyes. This standout pair, however, gave the spider a deep, curious look, as if it were trying to figure him out. Darnell left as fast as he could. This program is sponsored by Factor. Hey, everybody, if you're trying to eat healthier and want to make your life easier, Factor's got it all figured out. Delicious, ready-to-eat meals that are delivered to you fresh, never frozen, they're chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. That's right, two minutes. No meal prep. Not a zip. There's 35 different options that change every single week. You can choose the calorie smart option if you're trying to lose weight, like I am. There's a protein plus option if you work out on a regular basis, like I'm trying to do. There's even keto if you want a low-carb option. There are also 60 add-ons if you want to make your meal larger or you can choose a snack. It's completely flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. You can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Head to factormeals.com FR50 and use code FR50 to get 50% off. That's code FR50 at factormeals.com FR50 
to get 50% off. During Women's History Month, come explore what feminism means to you with nonfiction storytelling podcast, Thread the Needle. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I'll use my background in journalism to dive into topics that matter to women today. Listen to Thread the Needle wherever you get your podcasts. Weed is legal now, you know, Casey said before licking the edge of the cigarette paper and neatly folding it over. He extracted a long, arduous puff from his vape pen as he finished. Casey was a delicate blunt roller. Darnell suspected he enjoyed the craft more than the high. They sat just outside his apartment building, inviting the world to see. Legal for them, Darnell said. Not for us. Craig caught a drug charge just last week. For real? His cell was across from mine. He's up for ten years. Must have been more than weed. They can still bust you for selling it. We gotta make money somehow. Good luck getting hired with a record, Casey glanced at him, ashamed. But Darnell pretended like he hadn't heard. Casey didn't owe him anything, even if Darnell had taken the fall for him. I might have a job, Darnell said. You fucking with me? I'm not fucking with you. You heard of this place called Delaney Street? Casey jumped up, indicating that he'd very much heard of it. Yo, that place is legit. You get health care and everything? Casey brushed Darnell's shoulder. Look at you, all employed and shit. We hitting the club tonight? Bottle service? Slow down. I haven't gotten paid yet. But you're as good as paid. Live a little. Don't count it until it's in your hand. Your moms used to say that, right? Casey handed over the half-smoked blunt. You can count this, though. Three puffs to celebrate. Darnell took it, looked at it. Just then a black and white turned the corner and slowed. Casey took the blunt, pulled back on it, and let out a large cloud of smoke. The cop rolled to a stop at the corner. The headlights weren't on. You wildin', Darnell said. They can't do anything to us, Casey said. Still, they went inside. Casey lived on the third floor of a walk-up with one of his boyfriends. The burn in Darnell's legs and throat reminded him that he hadn't exercised since before the arrest. The itch grew even still, demanding attention above all the rest. He fingered his wrist, the divot there, and thought of those curious, alien eyes. You ever been bit? Darnell said as they entered the apartment. By a cop? No, fool, you know, by a spider or some shit. Have I ever had a spider bite? You sure you're not high? I think I got bit. Bad. Let me see. Casey examined the wound with unexpected care. Looks like an STD. On my wrist? I've seen freakier. Doesn't look like a bite, though. It hurt? Looks like it hurts. No. It's numb, actually. Yeah, go to the doctor. You can go to a doctor, right? Casey threw his jacket onto the love seat that was already buried under an assortment of clothes. He had never cared much about straightening up. He kept the place clean, at least, if not easily navigable. Casey scratched an area of the couch free of clothes, adding to the love seat's burden. Of course I can. I was released. I didn't escape. Sorry, I'm not up on the rules. Casey looked at him, curious. What? So, you fucked the judge or something? What kind of question is that? No parole meeting, no curfew. You didn't even see prison. 
you were found with a Glock and fentanyl, both yours. And I love you for it, but you already had the first two strikes. They should have sent you away. That prosecutor must have liked you, or didn't give a fuck, or... Or what? Or you made a deal you don't want to tell me about. Casey was scrolling through his phone, but his eyes watched Darnell. You didn't sign up for one of them studies, did you? That's exactly what he'd done. I can't talk about it. Or what? Or they'll send me back. Casey feigned looking around. Who's going to hear you? Darnell shrugged. They said if I talked about the details, they'd know and I'd go back. That's fucked up. They should have never passed that law. You don't even vote. Nigga, I know people who vote. My point stands. Who facing hard time wouldn't become a government guinea pig for freedom? I'm sorry, man. Don't be. They gave me some meds, that's it. Don't even have to take them anymore. He almost told him about the injection, but thought better of it. I just have to stay out of trouble for a year. Then I'm free for life. That is, unless you take me on another of your joy rides. They both saw it at the same time. The spider was thick-bodied, much more so than the usual spindly-legged dwarfs hiding in bathroom corners or clinging to starved webs on plastic houseplants. The spider stood rooted in the middle of the table. Darnell was once again struck by the unconscionable depth of its gaze, How long had it been there, waiting to be seen? Look at that little fucker, his friend said. Thick smoke filled the room. Casey slowly grabbed his sneaker and lifted it high. The spider didn't move. Darnell snatched the shoe from Casey's hand just as he was bringing it down. Casey stumbled into the table. The spider jumped back an inch, straightened its two front legs, and slapped them against the wood. Casey whirled around, purple in the face. He reached for his shoe. Darnell pulled it away. Yo, what's good? Nothing, just... Darnell grabbed an empty red cup and upended it over the spider. Casey stared at him as he slid a magazine under the cup. Darnell opened the front door, went downstairs with his catch, and freed it onto the curb. The spider chittered about, disoriented, and then faced him. Shoe, Darnell said. To his surprise, the spider immediately obeyed. It scurried into the grass. Beyond, the black and white was still there, parked across the street, its headlights on. Casey was waiting for him inside, eyebrows raised in inquiry. Life is short, Darnell said. Okay, Captain Planet, I got to go. Life being short and all, you trying to roll? Nah, I got stuff to do. Get ready for Monday. Oh, working-ass Negro, you need clothes? I'd look like a cancer patient wearing your clothes. Better than a convict. Hey, man, thank you. Stop. No, I mean it. I know we grew up with that snitches get stitches shit, but I never expected it. Every nigga on this block would have ratted me out in a heartbeat. But you? Get out of here with that shit. No, for real. That's ride-or-die shit right there. And if you want me to love spiders, I will. I'll fuck the shit out of some spiders for you, man. Ashley was asleep when he got home. Thank God for that. 
The hearings, the trips to the jail, the separation from their daughter, and the endless conversations with her disapproving family had all taken their toll. Only she knew the full details of Darnell's arrest, how Casey had run from the stopped car and Darnell had followed. He often wondered which would be worse, her family seeing him as a gun-wielding drug dealer or as a simp dumb enough to sacrifice it all for a friend whose stubbornness would likely land him in prison anyway. Darnell showered and fought the urge to finish quickly. He wasn't locked up anymore. This was his time. He could enjoy the water for as long as he wanted, safely. The moment passed. His fisted hands relaxed. He let the warm water fall over him. The conditioned relief upon finishing pushed out any joy of success. Still, progress. He pulled open the drawer under the sink. Ashley had kept all his hair products together while he was away. In fact, all of his things were as he'd left them, as if he'd been gone on a weekend trip rather than a two-year incarceration. He grabbed his conditioner. Shit! He reeled back and caught his fall with a hand against the wall. He leaned over to peer into the drawer. Something had crawled across his wrist. In confirmation, the offender crawled atop the thin, wooden edge. The spider had doubled in size since that afternoon. Absurd to think of it as one and the same, yet here it was, thicker than any house spider, its prickly legs tucked underneath itself in a neat show of etiquette. Darnell saw now the multiple smaller pairs of eyes flanking the main forward-facing duo. They added to the illusion of introspection. Darnell looked around for something, anything, to capture it. He reached for the plunger, glancing at the spider as he did so, and it was gone. He sat back against the wall, breath heavy. The hairs on his wrist still tingled with the spider's intrusion. Had it been trying to get back in? That's crazy, he said aloud. What was crazier, though? A spider erupting from his skin? Or how about that spider following him across the city not once, but twice? Maybe he was crazy. Like the yellow coats in the county jail, the ones who saw the psychiatrist once a week. Something grazed his hand. He jumped and pulled away. Nothing. His fingers had slid into the belt buckle of the pants he'd left on the floor. Darnell clenched his fists and gritted his teeth as his muscles stretched against themselves. His heart became vocal in his chest. His first panic attack was in the jail, and he had not liked it. Thought he was having a damn heart attack, that he was going to die. His screams for relief would have earned him a yellow coat, if not for the meds. That little pill had helped. Oh, how it helped. He grabbed his pants, retrieved the bottle he carried with him, and chucked two capsules into his mouth. This experimental medication was different from the fast-acting pill that had squashed his panic attack. Still, the weight of medicine on his tongue brought some relief. With calm came clarity. He spit one of the capsules back into the bottle. Experimental or not, two could become four and four could become eight. He remembered the yellow coats lining up at bedtime for their meds. He counted himself down, his hands relaxed. The thrum of his own heartbeat was replaced by the sharp drip of faucet water. He slowly moved to bring awareness to every muscle, every pain, every discomfort. 
The jail psychiatrist had given him that technique only after he'd begged for some alternative to more medicine. He rubbed his shoulder now, remembering the injection he'd agreed to as terms of his release. A dull ache persisted. Some of the yellow coats took injections. Darnell's had been different. He'd been selected because he was well enough to leave, while others needed injections to be well. At least, that's what they told him. Whether or not that was true, he knew one thing. He hadn't fathered spiders before getting that shot. He remembered the shift of contents inside the syringe and had to start his counting over. Calm. Calm was better. With calm came clarity. Darnell fetched his phone from his pants, scrolled through the contacts, and dialed the number they had given. Call here if there are any issues or questions, they'd said. The phone rang six times before a young woman's voice filled his ears. Thank you for calling Freedom Rings. We are not in the office right now, but we'll return your call as soon as possible. As a reminder, all studies are confidential and any discussion of details outside of monitored sessions could result in legal action. He'd first called the number moments after his release, when he was far away enough from Twin Towers to be sure no one would grab him and cite some mistake in his pardon. The message's warning made little sense then. Now, though... Darnell rose to his feet, stored the pill bottle in the medicine cabinet, and searched the bathroom... He probed the corners and crevices with his phone's light, checking every drawer. He even stuck his toothbrush handle down the drain to see if he could coax something out of hiding. No spider. Perhaps he'd imagined the whole thing. Some hallucinogenic side effect from the injection. The spider at Casey's had certainly been real. But that only meant there had been a spider at Casey's. Nothing else. He rubbed his wrist. His finger found its way to the divot. Darnell winced. Not pain, not really. Not pleasure, either. The area was damp. If not the spider, what else could have caused such a mark? Some infection, like Casey suggested? Darnell chewed his lip and opened the first aid kit he'd displaced in his search. He wrapped his wrist with gauze until there were only a few turns left on the roll. He felt better. The medicine was kicking in. He left the bathroom slowly and maneuvered around creaky floorboards and tugging sheets as he made his way into bed. If awakened, Ashley would immediately know something was wrong. An elusive sleep danced around thoughts of starting the new job, his record and the black and white slowly rolling by as a reminder that freedom was a bastardly borrowed thing. When sleep finally settled to bestow mercy over his battered mind, a burning itch in his wrist sent it away. Prickles up his arm. Darnell sat up. Babe, he said to the dark. Ashley didn't stir. Her breath remained heavy. Who then was watching him? He waited for the sensation to pass. It only grew. He shone his phone's light into the corner between the television stand and the wall. In a world of shadows, a tiny hole in the dark stood out. A piece of lint? Darnell slid his legs over the side, stood, and advanced in a half-crouch. He just needed to be sure. Jail had taught him that small reassurances went a long way. It wasn't lint. The spider was back. 
With some of his initial panic subsided, curiosity took over. Darnell knelt and touched one finger to the floor a few feet away. The spider shuttled toward him, stopped, and tapped the floor with what looked like a pair of frontmost dwarf legs. Without reason, Darnell tapped the wood with his own knuckle, twice. The spider continued forward, cautious but resolved, and climbed up and onto Darnell's palm. It stopped just before the wrist wrap and explored the edge with its feelers. Crazy? One way or the other. Darnell unraveled the gauze. His wrist hairs bent under the spider's weight as it advanced. It tapped the divot. Twin firecrackers resonated up Darnell's arm. The spider tilted up toward him, apparently satisfied at this response, and then backed into the hole. Darnell gasped as the flesh dilated to receive it. Soon, only the fine hairs of its front legs extended past the opening. Darnell kneeled there for some time, not caring of the acid building in his legs before returning to bed. This was not normal. He housed a living spider in his wrist, like a damn kangaroo with a baby in its pouch. But with his itch gone, sleep's alluring dance returned to focus. Any attempts to reason out what had just occurred devolved to meaningless word fragments. He floated down into darkness, welcomed the dance, and finally slept. You're listening to Fear, Spider King, created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused. And you have no idea where this came from? No. She was sent here anonymously. Uh Uh-uh. Not she. They, maybe? Wait. I've never seen anything like this. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. My grandfather was a journalist back in the 60s and 70s. He specialized in strange stories. Who are they? How are they connected to the skeleton? Play the tape. You'll see. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We dream about it. We both dream about it. How often? Every night. Spider King is written by Justin C. Key. Performed by William Demerit. Produced by Diana Foe. Executive produced by Molly Barton. Audio produced an original musical theme by Amanda Rose Smith. Sound design and editing by Kaylin West. Fear is produced by Mary Osadolihi and Kaylin West. Associate produced by Nicole Kreuter. Executive produced by Molly Barton, Julian Yap, and Marcy Wiseman. Hosted by Pun Bandu. Audio editing by Corey Barton. Original theme by Hashem Osadolihi. 
featuring drummer Andrew Niven and mixed by Max Kuttner. Cover art by Kendall Thomas. Find more shows like this on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.